Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show on a Nations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition. I'm Jeff, that's Tom Director. Matthew's in the house as well. You're you, you're listening to us, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Good to be with you. How you doing out there? Everybody alright? Everybody feeling good? Feeling good that it's Friday? Gonna get caught. Tom, 24. 24 this weekend. A little bit different than the last Saturday I had. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I can celebrate 24, though. I can get down with 24. I'm going to have a raging fireplace. Just like Jack Bowers on a Monday night. It's going to be, uh, well, I'm going to have two fires, big, giant ones, one outside, one inside, a little bit of scotch. All right. And a good book and a cigar. What time? Oh, forget about it. What time? I don't know. Well, tonight we'll probably. It's not cold enough tonight, is it? I don't, it's like tomorrow and Sunday. No, that's that what gets, I'm saying. What time tomorrow? Come on, oh. <laughs> out with it. Well, what time are the games? I, you would think the sports talk show host would know what time the games kick off. I was I was doing everything but looking at the times. I was thinking about the matchup and is there a way San Francisco can get it done? Yeah, I've taken to San Francisco here on that side of the bracket and. Uh, like, yeah, so nothing tomorrow. Uh, it's no, it's all know. Sunday, three six thirty. I they think should, they, they shouldn't do that. You should get one each day. We're left in the lurch. Yeah, the Super Bowl is two weeks away anyway, so what's the, it doesn't really offer a competitive right. advantage or right. disadvantage for anybody. Yeah, no, I don't like it. I want to. Uh, yeah, like you could do the NFC playoff bracket from the start on Saturday, right? Yeah, and yeah, then the AFC yeah. on Sunday. Correct. Play it out. I like that. I do too. It's gold, Jerry. They should have thought of it because now we're left high and dry. I mean, look, I understand at 3 o'clock tomorrow with the TLC Double C, we do get Florida State basketball against Virginia Tech. It's always fun, Choo Choo, to be back at the house. Uh, and in an atmosphere that quite legitimately is a lot of fun to be a part of these days, although this isn't that kind of a matchup. 3 o'clock on a Saturday coming off a loss to Georgia Tech when you're 13-6 and six and Virginia Tech is 10-10, and 2-7 and seven in the ACC, doesn't exactly scream, hey, everybody, let's load up the car and go. Now, I would advise it. I would. I would do you it. You would do it. I would do it. But a lot of the casual fans are probably like, nah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to enjoy my Saturday. I'm not going to take it over to the TLC. You know, the last time I was at the TLC Double C, uh, when we won and we, we beat Miami, uh, I believe that was the game, right? Wasn't that the game? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, it was, it was Duke. I was at Duke. What was wrong with me? I, See, I was on vacation. I'm I didn't know which one you were talking I'm about. I'm losing it. Anyhow, the last two times that I've been at the TLC Double C, I have to tell you, Tom, the, the Vista has been great and all that, but I, uh, I've i gone with an injured calf. Now I can run up the steps. Now I can just fly up those steps. Oh, is golfing Cameron I, back? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm back. I'm telling you, man, I looked like an idiot trying to walk around that place with my injured calf. It was ridiculous. And I didn't want anybody to see me. You look like a geriatric. I looked I looked like an injured man, a beaten, yep. mm-hmm. weathered, tired, hurting man. The man who goes to the Tuesday 4 p.m. first pitch against Jacksonville. That's who. <laughs> I I actually long to do that, by the way. Don't you right now? Well, it's with starting this, to hit you. Hey, it pays off. Look at our showtime now. I know. We can do it. We could book it over we'll for make a 4 p.m. We'll first pitch. We'll be able pitch. to watch Florida State baseball live again. Baseball. Oh, buddy. Well, and they're loaded. Now, if they can hit even a little bit, they're going to be just fine because they can pitch. Now, one thing I will say, uh, we'll have meat on. We'll do our extravaganza. We'll do the whole thing that we always do. But i got to get him on before that. I think he's excited. The last two times that I've spoken to him, he's excited 
about the team, and I have a suspicion I know why. They got a bunch of guys that throw 97. <laughs> that's, that's a reason. That would to be, be one reason to be excited. That's a reason to be excited. That's a reason I'm excited. Well, to be honest with you, if you really like baseball, and I know that the number of people who say they do is dwindling, uh, I will tell you that uh, that may be the only baseball you see this year because the dumbasses in MLB are going to screw it up. And that I, that shouldn't. You be. think so? Uh, well, I think they'll screw the uh, the cactus league and the grapefruit league, but I don't know about much more. I really love spring training. I mean, that's how I know I'm old. One of the many things that, and I'm frequently hurt. But I I really love spring training. Really do. I do. You're really in that demo. <laughs> yeah. You're squarely I, in this spring, spring training demo. I love spring training, and I'm frequently hurt. There you go. I'm officially old. That's how you know. Next thing, you're going to be very quiet at basketball games. Come on, man. Yeah. You get sideline seats for a reason. Can somebody sit down? Can we sit down? No, uh, I won't be that guy. And I will tell you this much, uh, in, in addition to uh, frequently being injured and uh, and loving spring training, I... Uh, I'm impressed. It's the little things in my life that really I celebrate. It's not the big things. Like yesterday's a good example, Tom. Look how far they have come in the making of pants. Pants. We had this discussion we yesterday. Did. Oh, man. We're going to take it to the air. I love it. Let me tell you something. Pants have never been more comfortable, everybody. You, you, it's it's an amazing time in which we live. If you think about the generations that came before us, not only were they fighting certain death before the age of 40, pestilence, probably getting eaten alive if you're left in the wrong place for too long. I mean, just tough times, wars, people just come on in and take your stuff. All of it is awful. But these days, not only does that not happen, but you can get a comfortable pair of pants on the regular Jeans have never been more comfortable. Slacks have never been more comfortable. Oh man, you remember jeans back in the day? Oh, those Levi's—they were terrible. You didn't know awful. anybody. You didn't know anybody. You were walking around terribly uncomfortable. You had no idea there was something called comfort. You would hear the that shaving is- of skin oh. underneath the jean as you walked. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why. By the way, you uh, you wore them to death because you were trying to break those bastards in. And it took like 40 wears just to get them to where they would move with you. Yeah. Once the uh, the kneecap got a little lighter, then you know, oh, hey, he's had those a while. There you go. Yeah. Wore him down. But, so what I'm telling you is now with the flex pants, every pair of pants is comfortable. Guys, if you haven't bought pants recently, you got to go. Yeah. You got to get them. If you were in the designer market of the $150 pair of pants that flex fits and, and you know, you know does the right thing all the way through with the pant oh, leg all, all the way, way up to where key. it needs to be. Everything's key there. It's a bad time for you because now we can get those for $24.99 and they're just as good. I was showing you yesterday with my various stretches just how comfortable those pants <laughs> yes, you are. Were. You couldn't believe it. Painstaking detail. Yeah, I'm showing I you. Thought, like, look at this. I thought we were with... Uh, <laughs> Old Trainer Bill back in the day. <laughs> You're doing some lunges. I was You're doing, doing all lunges. Kinds of stuff. I was touching my toes. I was showing you. I said, look at these pants. They're moving with me. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I felt like I was getting my first instructions on how to, you know, lunge squat. <laughs> the old just, stretches. I'm in, in pants, in slacks. In slacks. Can you believe it? And they were fleeced. They had fleece interior. They had fleece interior for a cold day. Corinthian leather. Unbelievable. So that's the kind of fun and games that, you know, you fall back on on a libations Friday. And it's also just taking the time to acknowledge that we live in the greatest time mankind's ever known. You and me. And I'm not talking about women. 
Women have had comfortable clothes and options for comfortable clothes for a very long time. Men have not. They didn't care about us. For the longest time, we didn't matter. I'm not talking about $1,000 suits. I'm talking about like your day-to-day throw-on-some-pants. Yeah, I'd say you know women had it rough pre-1960-something. You know? they, they had a nice little run here ahead of the men for about 30, 40 yeah, years. Yeah, they had a hell of a run. But before that, I mean, my God, yeah. the apparatus that they had to use. Ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, well, that's true. But in my lifetime, they've had it easy. <laughs> yes, that's, okay, that's fine. <laughs> That's what matters here. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about my lifetime. How does this benefit me most is what we, that's the operating assumption Take here. Take your girdle yeah. and stuff yeah. it. Yeah, sorry you had to wear a girdle, whatever. But the point is, comfortable pants exist. What a Friday. What a good day. Anywhere you go, everything's flex or athletic fit. Everything. It's unbelievable. I even got a pair of chinos that are like that. I'm like, look at these. I love them. I'm going to have 19 pairs of pants. People are like, what's with all the pants? They're all comfortable. They're giving them away. I can't believe they're 20 bucks and they're all comfortable. They look good. Look at this. Here, I'll stretch for you. Well, that's the weird thing is there's, there's a line that's been blurred between the slack, the old school mm-hmm. IZOD slacks from the 90s mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, yeah. Brad Faxon used to wear on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Brad Faxon. Versus nowadays where it's kind of a hybrid sweatpant slack. Everything's That's where we are with the material. Congratulations to Corey Fuller, who joins Florida State staff in uh, an off-the-field role. And the reason I say that is, uh, of course, Corey was a defensive back here at Florida State uh, many moons ago, back when I was uh, in school and, 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 and before even. And um, he, by the way, also went on to play in the NFL, of course, as you well know. But uh, years ago, when I first started in radio, I have to give Corey credit. He called me one day. He probably doesn't even remember this. And he was awfully nice at a time where there was a lot of controversy centered around the show. He was awfully kind. We had a good conversation. And here's the other thing that I knew about Corey. Uh, Nobody loves Florida State more than that guy. Homeboy loves him some Florida State. I mean, it is. He loves Florida State. Loves Florida State. I mean, really love, and that's good because you want a guy on staff who's going to be able to sell that, right? Um, he, you know, he's he, he's been coaching in this area for a very long time, and uh, so you know, I know that there's reason for him to be excited, but also uh, he he has always been an advocate for 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 young athletes, uh, and I think he'll do a good job. So. Congratulations to him. That's just a little bit of Florida State news. There's not a, a ton of uh, Florida State stuff going on right now as it pertains to football, other than uh, the interviews we have right there on Warchant.com of all the uh, transfers, the transfer portal kids that came in, and, and you can get a little <laughs> sense of their there it is, a little sense of their personality or their lack thereof. If you're talking about Caden Lyles, and, uh, and in a good way. Well, I, what, what? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to think, oh, you know, that Caden Lyles stand-up comedian. Um, but the point is. Unless he's going for like a Norm McDonald set. No. <laughs> Just, he's what he is. Starting center. That's what he's going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, this man's for the birds. <laughs> so I'm excited about those kids and getting to know them and obviously the ways that they affect this team. And I'm excited about all those things. But again, we're entering the stage now where we're kind of like, all right, all right. Need you, Florida State baseball. Need you, Florida State basketball. Guys got to do some things. And that's where we get to uh, tomorrow's game against Virginia Tech. By the way, we lead the all-time series between these old Metro Conference rivals. You know what the uh, all-time series? Man, I never. 32-27. 
That's a good guess. 36-22. It's more right. lopsided. We've oh, owned man. their ass. It's my fault. Six. Oh, that's right. Seth Greenberg coached there. Mm-hmm. We honed his ass, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, six straight wins over Virginia Tech for us. We've won 11 of the last 14 matchups against the Hokies. So with six straight wins, we could get to seven here over the weekend, and they too will see inching ever closer to them the Platinum Bohica. You don't usually associate it with others outside of the state. Like if you could Platinum Bohica Miami or Platinum Bohica Florida, you'll celebrate that. But I'll celebrate Platinum Bohicas over anybody in the conference. What would it sound like if you present a Platinum Bohica to a Hokie? <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Uh, I think the people want to know too. Mm-hmm. I'll get the. I'll, I'm not. I'm not feeling the turkey right now. If we get there, yeah. If we get close, I'll I'll come up. with One it. of my favorite games. <laughs> One of my favorite games that we ever went to together yeah. was a Saturday afternoon, mm. and it was Trent Forrest and C.J. Walker's freshman year against the sweaty Buzz Williams. Oh, my God. Remember that? I thought he was going to die. We were sitting in the baseline, and that's when we knew that it, that was like the line change, the hockey line change with the energy group that played defense. Little right. did we know that Trent Forrest would turn into one of the most beloved figures in program history, but we were starting to like him an awful lot by yeah, that point. we did. We did. That was when the program was starting to take that – that line, and it was going straight up into the sky. It was pretty awesome. In the recent run of success for Florida State, meaning all of the tournament appearances and the Sweet 16s and the Elite Eight and all that, who would you say is the most popular Seminole on those teams? So that cuts off when? Because we made the Sweet 16 10 years ago. Well, years yeah, ago. no, no, no. Those were the junkyard dog days. Okay. I said recent success, okay, and, and I would say the last five years. So who would you say, or maybe even the last six years, who would you it's say? It's Trent first, and it's Terrence Mann second, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say it's Terrence Mann, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's, You'd flip-flop him? Well, I'm well, close. I, I, it's Trent, the thing Trent, that yeah. Trent never got to finish the job. He got screwed. If he did, he would be easily number one, because that team was going to the Final Four. Yeah, they were. I'm still angry about that. And Damn. it's the Wara dunk. He has the moments. You need a signature moment. It's not that Trent didn't, or sorry, that Terrence did not. But I mean, if you're going to go for best moments in program uh, history, recent history, then that dunk on Jordan Wara has to be one of them. Yeah, man. Um, if not the one. I would tell you that, um, man. I can still remember that as he rose to 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 dunk on Wara. I remember thinking, man, that's bold. I mean, that Wara had the angle. It's not like that kid couldn't jump. That was just a whole lot of no, it ain't happening. Get you some of this. Take that with you. It was in that moment that uh, Chris Mack's fate was sealed. Yeah, and and I would tell you that um, the, 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 that place has probably never been louder. Correct. That and or I, Patrick Williams. Well, and I thought it couldn't game. be louder, yeah, yeah, from Patrick Williams earlier. But that was a steel breakaway dunk. So there's all that is is a moment of coronation and celebration, which is great. Rises to a crescendo. It's awesome. But there was the shock factor with the Forrest dunk. I didn't think it, the Patrick Williams moment could be outdone because that's an NBA player well, elevating. Bi- well, and it was a build because of the steal and right. the whole thing, yeah. But that's an NBA player and Patrick Williams elevating. His head's going to hit the rim, and it's awesome. But then the Trent difficulty factor is there, and it's just you're stunned. It, it was a stunned celebration rather than one that was expected. You know, it's funny, too, because uh, I would tell you that – of. <laughs> Some of my favorite moments in recent memory with these runs and of success, Dwayne Bacon on the road against Virginia, just shooting like one of the worst TV calls ever. They yeah. had nothing left for that call. It was I, like Brent calling the KB touchdown. Well, and I I remember this. I remember thinking, um, that's a terrible shot. My God, what a beauty! <laughs> he also hit a big shot from the top of the key against, against Florida. Florida. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember all of Bacon's big shots. He had a. 
penchant for the moment. He did. He kind of had a little, every now and then you'd be like, what's Dwayne Bacon doing out here? He looks ridiculous. And all of a sudden, look at my man. Unconscious. No, he, he uh, was You talk about breaking down the zone. He was perfect for it. He was. He got to those spots. Yeah, he did. Uh, but I would say that, uh, yeah, it is Trent Forrest or it is Terrence Mann. That's, that's tough. The sneaky fan favorite is Fee. Well, I Ooh. love Kevin Gelly, but he's, he really didn't need to move on, as we've seen. He should Correct. have stayed here another year, but I get it, man. I don't begrudge anybody trying to get their money. But you remember the infamous Duke game that we lost, unfortunately. One of the few moments the last five years where we walk out of there going, damn it. But that first half before Zion got injured, he was like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Because Fee was not afraid to defend Zion in the post, and he turned away a couple of looks with vigor. Yeah, he was a great player, and I thought he was on the cusp of being a superstar in the league had he stayed another year. Um, well, certainly in the ACC, you would. Have yeah, been. yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, he he was. And that's what I mean. I don't mean the the oh, league okay. as in yeah, the. Yeah. I meant the league as in the ACC. Yeah, uh, he, he. I thought he was, and yeah, he was a good player. Uh, Terrence Terrence is probably the most not surprising success in the NBA. I thought he'd make a team. We said that. We thought that because he could do so many things well, he's tireless, he plays with incredible energy. Uh, all the cliches are true about him, by the way. Uh, it, the stuff about basketball IQ is true. The stuff about effort is true. The stuff about the ability to st- uh, you know stuff the stat sheet and do those, it's all true. But he's actually elevated his game. Like, my son has become a Clippers fan because of Terrence Mann. And he watches those games. I have to beg him to go to bed because they're on so late. Yeah, if he had the perimeter shot that he has now in college, he would have been a completely unstoppable force. Player of the year candidate. Yeah. He was, uh, well, we'll preview this game. i got to get to it. Florida State, Virginia Tech for tomorrow, and as well as the weekend football. It's going to be fun, plus whatever rando stuff, like comfortable pants I feel like talking about today. It's Jeff Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Nation's friday Cheers, everybody. Hope you're well. If you're trying to decide if you should take your full pension or a reduced amount with a survival benefit to your spouse, uh, well, listen up. It's a major decision. Once you make that decision, there's no real turning back. If you could take the higher payment from your pension and leave behind a large tax-free death benefit to your spouse, that'd be a good option. And um, listen, you can't help everyone, but often, if you plan in advance, you can solve your problems. Call Pete Tyson for a complimentary income for life report, which will help you decide what pension option you should take and the economic outcome should you predecease your spouse. The income for life report is simply easy to read. One page report gives you all the information. Call or text Pete Tyson, 850-523-6118. That's 850-523-6118 and ask for your complimentary income for life report. 
850-523-6118, and uh, you'll get the information that uh, you're looking for there. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. i got to tell you, that's how irresponsible I've been. I've made no such arrangements anywhere. <laughs> I've got to get it together, Tom. Well, I mean, you're only in uh, your 50s. You're good. Just turned, you got, just turned 50. You got time. Yeah. <laughs> it goes quick, man. It goes quick. Man, my dad's in his mid-70s, and he's happy to go to work every day. So you don't know. He yeah, might be yeah. working another quarter century. Oh, I don't know about all that. Um, I'm going to try to avoid that. He enjoys going to work in compliance in his mid-70s. Nope. He's nuts. Nope. Well, my stepdad's an attorney, and he's in his 70s and still practices law. Gets up every morning, gets in his car, drives to downtown St. Pete to his law office. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You've done well for yourself. You've done 50 years of law. Where does he drive from? Bradenton to St. Okay, Pete. Okay, yeah. He got to go over the bridge every morning. Yeah, my dad goes by West Shore. He's in downtown Tampa from Palm Harbor every day. Does he get out before the traffic? Does he leave at like 3? Uh, either he leaves at 3 or he leaves at 6.30. He, he doesn't mess with it. Yeah, no, you can't yeah. do it. Can't no, do it. not in Tampa. I got a, a brother BS. that lives down there, and he leaves to, to get to his office. He's arranged. It's nice to have flexible hours. These days, bosses kind of will do that. But he, my, my brother leaves to get to his office in Tampa at 4 a.m. To avoid morning traffic, but it also allows him to leave by, you know, 2 right, in the afternoon right. or whatever. Well, and when the interstate's all to yourself, it's a beautiful oh, thing. Oh, glorious. It's almost like that's how they designed well, it. Especially going in, over the water like that, man. Oh, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, but anyhow, no, I wouldn't. I could see me punching my own testicles repeatedly getting caught up in Tampa traffic. I'm telling you now. That's not. Mm-mm. Yeah, I get mad that betting hasn't been completed yet. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do well in Tampa. Or Atlanta. Ooh. If it has, please put that on the chat. I would yeah. love that. Would make my Friday. Yeah, if betting is connected again. I'll answer your question. It, it's not. I can tell you that it's not. Oh, really? It's not even close. You got a ways to go, buddy. Okay. Yeah. I, I well, I cracked up when I saw that when they had the signs out there. It's funny when something starts to get built in this town, any town really, for that matter. You know, I wouldn't think if something was going to take a very long time that you would advertise that fact. It's just all the more depressing. But when they first advertised it, I remember thinking. Wait a minute, it's going to take you 18 months to finish this project? Right, what, right. What are you doing every day? I put it out on Twitter because I didn't know the, I didn't see the sign for the announcement, and somebody responded, yeah. spring 2022, I think. I was yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yes. And they've been working on that thing for a long time Because I don't always take I-10 home. No. I would like to be, man, we yeah. got to go Monroe to Mayhem? Yes, that what you do. Bass-ackwards world is this? Eric, to answer your question, um, which is we're happy to do, especially on Libations Fridays, we're a little bit looser, a little bit goosier, a little bit uh, more fun. I will tell you that uh, Jonathan Isaac is, is, is always hurt. <laughs> to answer your question, uh, what happened to Jonathan Isaac? He's always hurt. When he's not hurt, he's a plus player. When he's not hurt, he's a plus player. But it gets hard to keep up with when he's hurt and when he's not hurt and when he's playing and when he's not playing. I'll go long stretches. Like, I don't even know right now. Is he playing right now? Oh, man, you're asking the wrong guy. So that's what I'm saying. Jonathan Isaac is so uh, beat up all the time that I'm like, well, damn, man. And I think the – you know what's really weird, too? Uh, well, that may be true. I, I understand his uh, his his views – on uh, the vaccine and politics and other things may have hurt him as well. Uh, his overall game wasn't such that he would be in high demand. He was just a plus player, and he was frequently injured. So all of that, you couple in the other stuff, then, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's true. If, if he's just... That'd be something. I mean, 
there's a lot of disparate viewpoints in, across major sports. Not to get into that for a segment, but yeah, but yeah, I'm showing nothing on NBA.com. So the last stat it was from the 2019-20 season. Well, he had a knee injury and he missed an entire season. It was bad. Yeah, it was really that. bad. Yeah. yeah, it was really bad. So that that would account but for like, a lost year. The and daily then couple goings, it with all that other stuff. Yeah, the daily goings of the Orlando Magic. I was like, oh, not man, you so, got me. No, no, sir. But I did see that the Anaheim Ducks won last night. There you go. How many in a row is that for you right now on, uh, the, on I think this it's little three. run? Three. So they were up five to two. It got a little nip and tuck. Got to five four with three minutes to go. I'm like, what's going on here? So I did use my NHL Game Center to uh, watch the final three minutes from Montreal, just in case. I got a couple. If you want to go, you'll see it on Twitter. We posted on YouTube, I should say, the College Sports Book. I got two games for you tonight in the world of college basketball. Starting to get a better feel for this right now. I think my overall in my last seven, uh, I am five and two. So we're uh, we're starting to get into a bit of a groove here with college basketball. Really, one of the things. I mean, I, I we live. I was talking. About, I was jokingly saying at the outset of the show how fortunate we are that we can get comfortable pants. It's really a great time to be alive. But it's also a great time to be alive because if you want to be thoroughly informed uh, as, before you, you, you step up to the, uh, the betting window, you have options galore. Every stat – I know you do this for the stuff that you write on Warchan as well, Tom, but you get to see every facet of what a team does against every look imaginable from every spot on the floor against – Elite competition, poor competition. You get to find out not only what you are as a team, uh, but also what your opponent is as a team. Now, listen, it's still called gambling, and it's played by human beings, and uh, these games are anyhow. And there are outliers. There are things that happen on a given night. A guy goes, you know, six of eight from three, and he's normally a 25% shooter. So you can't really always account for that. But what you can do is you can sit down early every morning and really kind of go through these matchups and, and look to identify four or five where if you, if you think about tempo, if you think about uh, offensive efficiency numbers, and you look at a team's maybe poor on the uh, defensive end, rebounding, another team's got elite prowess and second-chance point opportunities, and you see a total that you like. Like, you can be more informed now to a side or a total than at any point, more than at any point ever, uh, you know, in the last – well, however long people have been gambling on basketball. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, For to that end, I can tell you that tomorrow for the Virginia Tech game, yeah. you shouldn't be concerned because Virginia Tech is going to break out a zone. So far this season... Percentage of times that they run a zone is? 0.2% of possessions. So you're saying not very frequently. <laughs> Maybe when the walk-ons are in. Maybe, or I don't know, end of half or something crazy like that. But 0.2% of all possessions as Virginia Tech run the zone. So if Florida State's going to have trouble tomorrow, it's not going to be for that reason. Not the reason that we saw on Wednesday night, where Georgia Tech entered the game running the zone roughly about 28 to 30% of the time before tip-off against the Knolls. Yeah, so to, to our point, right? Like You now know how frequently each of our opponents run various styles and, and, and strategies on defense. It's crazy. Like it's very specific. It's not like, well, they do it every now and again. That's the way we used to talk about games. Well, every now and then you'll see them break that up. no. 0.25% of the time is, is, yeah. is when they break out the zone. Now, they may watch the film. It's a, now, I, that's the interesting yeah. thing. 
Okay, uh, in the article, you can find it on WarChant today, I put together Hamalytics, which shows Florida State's troubles with the zone as a program over the last 10 years. Or are there troubles? That That's what we investigate. I think you were able to better offset that, right? You were able to show they really don't have... This year no, they do, but... They're mediocre. So, seven out of the last 10 seasons, Florida State has been better than average at, at yeah. breaking down zone defensive principles. I met a guy last night. I'm gonna. I, this is perfect for this, okay? Yeah. So, while we carry on the conversation. So, certain things get ingrained. Uh, the the idea that Ham's teams uh, struggle offensively was something born out of the junkyard dog defense days, right? Where can't call a play out of a timeout, well, all, all that, that stuff. stuff, right? But those games, as we recall, and they were having success. They were going to the tournament. They had a they had a Sweet Sixteen run and all of that, right? But they were winning games painfully. It, it was it was difficult. You'd watch final fifty two to forty eight things like that. But that's been a long time ago. I mean, a lot of time has passed since those kinds of teams won those games. It is true that the overriding philosophy from Ham and his staff is that until you understand an effort to play the kind of defense that they want to play, right, you won't get on the floor. But it is not true that he is a defensive-minded coach to the point that it's a detriment to the offense. That's simply not true because he embraced the modern analytics and the modern approach to playing basketball for lots of reasons he did that, and it benefited him greatly in recruiting, and we've seen that, right? So I still meet people like I did last night, nice guy who's listened to the show forever, and he loves Florida State, and he wants them to win and everything, and he said to me, he's like, well, you know, I just always feel like we struggle offensively. And I was like, why, why, do, you, why do you feel that way? And he started naming things that are dated, you know, and to, not to be an ass, but just their dated ways of seeing. Because most people are casual observers of Florida State basketball. This is not a fan base that is passionate. It's gotten a lot better. It's more informed than it used to be. Especially in the city. Yeah, yeah. in the city, yeah. Regionally, not, no way. No way. But I'm not lecturing anybody. I'm just pointing out, observationally, that the, anecdotally, this is Florida State's a football school. We know that. It's first and foremost, whereas Duke is a basketball school. And then if you talk to Duke... Fans, they'll be able to tell you everything about their team and how they play and the things they do well and the things they do poorly and why. And they are entrenched. They are immersed in all of that information. Same for FSU football fans. When you talk to Florida State football fans, on the whole, they'll tell you that, uh, you know, this team does this, this team doesn't do that. I like Amari and Cooper. Well, that, now that all right, is a there deep you cut go. take. Right. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, but people who are casual observers and just want Florida State to do well, they'll see a result like we had against Georgia Tech. And they'll group that result into, I don't know, the last four seasons and say, you know, we really just always struggle on offense. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. We don't. And moreover, Florida State does lots of things very well, even this year, even while they're in a transitional year. Um they they create turnovers now. They turned it over themselves an awful lot against Georgia Tech. The, the last other night. sixty minutes have been oh, awful. It was, it was yeah. awful. It was awful. Yeah. Right? They're on a little tough run here, as will happen when you're playing a ton of young players. But they create all kinds of turnovers. They also get a ton of offensive rebounds. They do lots of things well. Yeah, that's the the other thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is they are the number one team in the ACC in terms of age. However, they're thirteenth out of sixteenth in experience. Right. So you got a lot of guys who've been around a minute. Maybe with this program, maybe not. But they haven't played a whole lot of basketball, especially live basketball together 
in the ACC. Well, and, and so if you're, you're thinking about, yeah, and if you're thinking about who they're relying on, like there are three core guys who they need to score. All those guys, I mean, because Malik Osborne's injury is what it is. He's not really a guy you can rely on to score. So when you think about what they're doing with Matthew Cleveland and uh, you know, Caleb Mills, who's only been here now, obviously, he's a roller coaster. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's but he's also only been starting for Florida State this year. This is the first time. So you have a lot of guys that you're just your Butler guys like that that are going to have good games, have bad games, have good nights, have bad nights. They're relying on a lot of inexperienced guys to go out there and try to try to win you some basketball games. And before the other night, they had won six straight of those basketball games. You can't be the the prisoner of the Georgia Tech experience, which currently is frustrating to watch. Which is predictable. It's a ride we've been on before. It's weird, man. Pazner can't beat anybody else. Owns our ass. Pastor, God, drives me nuts. What's going on with the lamb chops? Get it together, buddy. Let's go. Anyhow, so back to your zone talk. Well, yeah, so if you look at the last 10 seasons as an average, we're in the 52nd percentile across the nation, which means we're basically mediocre to above average at beating the zone. If you look at, now this is the interesting part about implementation of zone, like an FSU-specific game plan. Mm -hmm. So Duke is a team we've already played already. If you look at their zone usage, the percent of possessions that they run the zone, it's 4.4%. With the Florida State game, I would think that's accounted for a huge chunk of those possessions, right? Mm-hmm. They went to zone in the second half out of desperation, and you might argue that that's what brought Duke back into that game, was going to the zone. Gave we got rest. Confu- yeah, they yes, were it was switching to the southpaw, like mm-hmm. Rocky Two, right? Yeah. So that means that before that game, Duke was playing in zone at about 3% of the time, yeah, 3.5%. Yeah. Right. So that worries me, saying that there's a limiting factor here. Now, Virginia Tech never runs zone. So if they do it, then they practice it this week for the first time. But Clemson on Wednesday night, which only, I think they had one free throw against Duke in a two-point loss the other night. Ouch. Two and a half percent of the time they were on the zone. So even though it's a minuscule number, by the Duke principle of out of desperation, we go out of what we do to something that's going to work against our opponent, Wednesday night I'm going to be interested to see. Will Brownell break out the zone? Got to get these two wins. Got to get these two wins. It's going to be uh, obviously uh, very important for Florida State to get back in their winning ways. They've now had a couple of really ugly losses, and I don't mean in the ACC in general. I think on the schedule you've got two losses that are really going to hurt you and one really significantly good win. So we need to amass many of these. The Miami Road win may prove to be yeah. a second significant win, but you need them to continue to play well. By the way, uh, we're looking at this this Virginia Tech team. Of the guys that contribute the most, 6'3", 6'4", 6'6", and 6'9". They're small. They're small. We can play it that way. Yeah, we can play it that way, and we can take advantage of that. We ought to be able to take advantage of that, uh, is my great hope here. Uh, for Florida State, um, you know, stop turning the basketball over. We play great here. I have a feeling we'll play well. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. I look forward to it. But um, you never, you know, it's interesting because you don't know from game to game who's going to be the guy. That was a weird set of uh, scoring numbers in this last game where you're just kind of, hmm, where are the points going to come from? If Caleb Mills isn't lighting it up or you don't get Cleveland going for a you stretch. Can't expect Osborne, as you've said. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it, it does. All right. I think I just talked myself out of playing well tomorrow. <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show 93 3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
Chef Kimber Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Champ TV. Heads up. A couple of things you should be thinking about, um, especially if you're in uh, the running for or the need for, I should say, a new roof. Our guys at T-Spark Construction, Roofing and Construction, are who you're going to want to call. They did mine. They worked on Tom's house, your first house. That's right. My first and only. And... uh, Listen, it's important that uh, you hire companies that have employees versus subs. T-Spark employees are insured to be on the roof, go through training and safety courses to do so. Every Monday, Travis walks his guys through the safety training. It's a drug-free work environment. Drug-free and criminal background check policies are the norm. Commercial, tenant building out, building outs, all that good stuff. If you're looking to open a, se- a second store, a new restaurant, they do it all. Solar panels. All of it. We walked the property of my house, and he gave me a walkthrough on everything from drainage to, I mean, obviously the roof, but ideas on siding, things in the back. You said drainage. It makes me think of, uh, by the way, call T-Spark, 766-1340. Uh, it makes me think of uh, There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. The well. drainage, Eli, drainage scene in the bowling alley. I could watch this scene over and over again. You know what came on last night? I got stuck. There Will Be Blood? No. Wish it had, but No Country for Old Men came on. Oh, yeah. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I was going to bed. I was like, okay, let's go to bed, relaxing, flipping around, what watching the What did you see, like the coyote in the distance or the or the or like the very beginning? It's the very beginning. Yeah. Well, you're stuck. What are you going to do? You can't go to bed. No country for old men is starting. It's a rule. Well, what's the threshold? So the t- the hour? Yeah. Yeah, like is it midnight when or, you Or is this? it 20 minutes into the movie? Like what is the, if it's the first five minutes, you can get away with it. You can be like, nope, you're not going to get me. But if it's in the throes of where... Stuff's about to hit the wall. I almost caught myself there. Uh, then I think you have to stick around. No, but w- the problem with all of their movies, and it's a good problem, is that they're all so smart, there's a lot of little things you miss. And you watch those movies a second, a third, and a fourth time, and you always discover something. And we've had this conversation. So a lot of times what will happen with me, if I'm flipping around, and let's say it's early, and it's like, you know, let's say it's 9 o'clock or it's 9.30, we're getting close to bedtime. We're getting, you know, we're starting to be wrapping it up. And I flip over and I see the start of one of these all-time great films, like in this case, No Country for Old Men. Then I, I see something new. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that the first time. And there's long periods of wonderful silence in their films, too, by the way, where it gives you time to think. So you're thinking along with the character. Like Josh Brolin coming up on that scene like what would you do i'll ask you right now if you rolled up on a scene of murder where you, you i don't think i would have gotten that far you wouldn't have gone down there no i don't think so matthew's nodding because you would Would you go down there oh no okay he would not have i was like what are you nodding for <laughs> call well, me a wuss. he does a good job with the binoculars he's looking very very closely to see if there's anybody there if there's any movement there's nothing right. you're out the, the man middle. sitting in the tree in the distance right all you're, that. yeah you're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere i think i'd have gone down there curiosity would have got the best of me well you just don't go back and give the man water that's it ball well, game it was eating at him see he had a conscience it was bothering him also, I would never have... Get, he does a lot of smart things. Say so when he gets to the hotel, and he grabs the one room, and then two over, and then he's pushing the money down the thing. I remember thinking, golly, to think to do that, well done. And to not check the money for a, a transponder. Yeah. What do you think? Go put it in a different bag, first of all. People will recognize By that the way, particular how, parcel. How fast is that pit bull swimming at him? 
Oh, yeah, I know. That's it. an amazing thing to yeah. watch. That thing yeah. is hauling ass. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Heard a hauling oats? Yeah. <laughs> hauling ass. Yeah, I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is not good. So it's funny you mentioned that, like rewatches uh, and, and the extra benefit. Up. I stayed up past midnight watching the damn thing. So I'm rewatching The Sopranos for the second time, just the second time I've seen it all the way through. I'm right. on season four. And, you know, Vito. Vito is the big yeah, guy. I know who, who Vito a pro- is. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I know where that's going. Right. Well, any time there is a uh, a slur of any kind mm-hmm. hurting on homosexuality, because sure. Vito's in the mob and and no, no, I likes, get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, any time leading up to it, before they introduce that before part of his character, that he, he yeah. always winces every time. Did, really, it's like an Easter I egg. Never, oh, it's brilliant. You would have never known. Correct. Yeah, see, that is brilliant. And I saw something today. So she's uh, starting to like, or the guidance counselor likes her. It's AJ's guidance counselor. Who's talking to? Mm. Uh, he's, he calls up Car- uh, Carmela. He's like, "Hey, can we go get dinner? We could talk about ideas." Which is, I mean, skeezy. Mm. Yeah, they're at the macaroni grill. He <laughs> takes her to the macaroni grill. I didn't recognize that because they always go to Vesuvio and yeah, he, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I see the the loaf of bread in the middle, and I go, "Oh my god, he took her to macaroni grill! You idiot!" And he, so it, they're telling you he's poor. I'm like, "Oh, look at this, this There's, poor guy." They did a good job of fully vetting the characters and who they are, what they make. Everything about he talks him. over her head about authors and and literature and stuff, but he can't take her any better place than, than the macaroni, macaroni grill. Yeah. A mobster's wife. You know, I'm not trying to besmirch the macaroni grill, but sickest I ever got was at a macaroni grill. It's gone here. So I know. I remember it was on Appalachian Parkway. I remember. I miss it. Yeah. Well, I don't. I got sick. It was crazy. You know how most of the time you can feel. Like you're getting, like starting to go downhill. Yeah, sure. Like we were sitting at the table. It was a big thing, big to do. There were a lot of people there. It wasn't my first choice. We're there. We're eating. Did you like the people you were with or did you have to be there? Well, both. I had to be there and I did love the people that I was with. That's important. Yeah, it's very important. Because it's worse oh, if, if, you you, if it's an obligation oh, to be yeah, there. yeah, and people. it's a place you don't want to be. No, right, I would have just right. said no. Uh, I'm not going. But this was one of those, you know, I needed to go. It was probably a good idea that I go. But we're eating, and probably 10 minutes into eating, I was like, man, I kind of leaned over to Christy, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing well. Now, we're with people that are you know, family members, so there are people that could get her home if I needed to leave. You don't want to be in a restaurant feeling poorly. Right, right. And I'm sitting there, and it went from zero to 100. I was like, boy, I'm starting to get a little clammy. Yeah, oh, you my. can't fake that. No. Yeah, no. in terms of the look. Like, they'll know. She would know, right? Yo, like, oh, God. without question. Get out of yeah. here. No, I started getting clammy. Started getting clammy, and I still re- I remember it. I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a problem. i got to get out of here. And they're in the middle of a conversation. I go, all right, love everybody. I'll see you later. <laughs> I just stood up. I, keep, I gave my wife my wallet. I walked out to the car. <laughs> How far? God. Did you, where'd you go? Did you go to the old station? Where'd you go? No, no, you no. You could have made it all the way home. My buddy uh, was renting a property that oh, I owned. Oh, it's right there. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah, you wouldn't have made it all the way to Georgia where you live from the macaroni grill. No, no I, I, so that was a fun knock on the door. I, I, I knock on my buddy Eric's door. I mean, I'm the landlord. He has to let me in. <laughs> he opens the door. He's like, what? I go, oh, sorry, move out of the way. <laughs> that's a toughie. That's, oh, man, it's amazing. That's a toughie. We have macaroni grill stories, too. My, my roommate and I, my old roommate, Matt, and uh, our friend Mike, who now lives in Jacksonville, when we were all dirt poor living here, and I was with the station in the mm-hmm. beginning. So my parents, I, I had stacked up just, I mean, a huge thing of gift cards to the macaroni go. My parents always put it in as a stocking stuffer. Yeah. 
birthdays, Christmas, 50 bucks here, 25 there. Hey, everybody, let's get I loose. Had, I had let's hundreds of dollars. Grill, everybody. I was like a general manager of ours years ago. <laughs> the trade I had oh, the macaroni grill, you yeah. wouldn't believe it. So Fridays, <laughs> we would go to the macaroni grill. Whatever you want. For half Whatever you want, oh, no, everybody. No, that was all mine. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I was hoarding. I, I didn't have much money. Half price wine, half price oh, wine, and apps. We were known at the bar at the macaroni oh, grill on a Friday. This ass one in with his trade, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. It wasn't trade at the time; it was necessary funds. Left, left you five bucks. Appreciate. Oh, I always you. tipped well off the gift all card. Of, every one of you. Thanks for the six <laughs> bottles of wine and the apps. This Chianti is delicious. <laughs> There's a fiver for your troubles. No, the spicy uh, pasta again. Uh, Not, are you going to go with a meat at any point? Yeah. No. no? Oh, like spicy pasta. That's rich. I have not had the chance. We didn't, and of course, I say I didn't have the chance. I could have easily done it, and I will at some point. You know, we, you and I need to have the conversation about how it actually happened. Baseball decided not to vote Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens into the Hall of Fame. I know nobody talks about baseball anymore, but that's kind of a big damn deal. Those two dudes in particular did not get in. It actually happened. I was stunned. You're not worried about it. Uh. Give or take. I know it's bad producing. but I, I, I also brought it up. Wait, I'm going to bring it up again because I have a, a thought on this because a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, said something hilarious about that situation, which I'll share later on in the show. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. 